Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hello, Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. If you're tuning in because you want to hear about the Rugby World Cup final and the end of the World Cup, uh, that, that's already in the feed. There's another episode, either just above or just below this one. I'm not, I'm not sure, but that's where this is, because this is this is a domestic podcast, one we've not done since since the Premiership final and, and the weeks afterwards through the yeah. summer, because we are there 52 weeks of the year. Unlike, unlike a lot of podcasts which have suddenly popped up there for the glory days, we're here with you through the thin and thinner of, dom- yeah. <laughs> of domestic the rugby. The long slog now. <laughs> Just as the night's drawing, here we are talking about domestic rugby. But before we talk about domestic rugby, I've got a question to answer. Who is more stupid than the RFU? Uh, and Bill Sweeney and, and, and the mates. It does sound like the setup for a joke, which... Uh, well, well, a, a joke is could be how you describe uh, the administration of rugby in recent years. So, Well, uh, yes, and... Uh, the answer is Australia. So this is, in fact, the week, midweek domestic podcast. But I think we should open up with something non-World Cup related. Mate! We don't want to pollute the World Cup with Eddie Jones nonsense. No, he tried to make it about him the day after the World Cup, didn't he? <laughs> wow! So, basically, Australia fired all of his, all of his assistants, and now he's going to walk. But what a monumental was it? Disaster. Hold on, was it in that order, or was it Eddie Jones is walking, so he's, you, well, your assistants are all gone then? So, as I understand it, and I need to get onto my Australian contacts to actually fill me in with the proper details, but time difference and you know, time frames and whatnot. As I understand it, the Australian Rugby Union have just started binning off all of, all of his assistants. Meanwhile, Eddie, after his monumental failure, he's probably the only man in the world that could have the brass neck to say, oh, the thing I need is more power. And that's what I need, more power. So he's put forward some demands to Rugby Australia, and in response, Rugby Australia started sacking all of his assistants. That's kind of how I read it. And the position has now become untenable. Whether he gets this enormous payoff or not, I don't know. But so it's been reported that he won't get a payoff. They've agreed terms for him to walk without a payoff. Do you know, if he walks without a payoff, that might be the most honourable thing I have seen an international coach do in a long time. So yeah, 10 months into a five-year reported Aussie dollars, $5 million slamming him. Honourable, uh, before we say about how honourable it is, let's look how big his paycheck is in Japan. Well, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair, fair. I won't take a payoff. Can I please sign this contract today <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. for them so there's no non-compete Well, if clause. I was the, AR, the ARU, I think I would give Japan a call and say, look, it's going to cost us X to get rid of this guy. 
we'll pay you Y if you offer him today. <laughs> and he walks. So maybe there's some Or, or probably we'll... even, I don't know, just the Schadenfreude, the sh- what's that word? Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude of the ARU having no money, not a pot to piss in, and yet saying, no, Eddie, you can't go anywhere. We're putting you, we're going to put you, your, your, I don't know, coaching the, 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 I don't know. Your your coaching in the twenty ones, coaching in the twenty or whatever it is on your five million dollar contract. Yeah. You can't well, if go you anywhere. did have a massive severance or lump sum, where would you go with that, Tim? Where would I go with a massive severance or lump sum? I would go to, to Beardmore and Co. Independent I'd go to Advisors. Beardmore and Co. Independent <laughs> Advisors and say what? How can I make this last? Hedge against inflation, outperform the market. Look after my children and my children's children, and be the the financial personification of uh, being growing a tree. Knowing that you, what's that phrase about? I love that that little proverb. Yeah, that your your grandchildren will play in the shade or something. Yes, yeah. like that. Ah. You will. You'll, you'll plant a seed and nurture a tree that that you know that you whose shade you won't sit in. But yeah, anyway. That. Yeah, but Bibron Co. Financial Financial Advisors. Yes. So, I, I, in response to that, Tim, I would say we're highly regulated, and uh, I will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and no guarantees I, over no guarantees. <laughs> Make up as well as down. <laughs> yes, uh, but I would probably wouldn't at this moment in time. I'm hopeful that maybe it would change one day. If I did have a massive severance, I wouldn't invest it into a Premiership club. No. no, it's not really an investment. No, but uh, shall we just get into some Twitter nonsense before we really get into the meat of it? I've, I've n- I'm not on Twitter, so yeah, ne- go for ne- it. Neither am I. So ne- what's, what's going on? It managed to find me. What? Um, it, this managed to find me. In fact, a few people tweeted me pictures of the discussion going on on Twitter, which is, again, did you know, and I love saying this because it's just so funny, do you know the women's game represents the biggest investable opportunity the sport has ever known. Were you aware of this? I did see someone this week say that, uh, mark their words, it is going to be bigger than the uh, men's game, uh, El- financially. Uh, El- Elma Smith. Elma Schmidt. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's great. Yeah, good, good uh, presenter. She's a good presenter, knows her rugby. Yeah. Um, uh, does she? Does she know her rugby? <laughs> I mean, I mean, she does she know her rugby? Uh, it sounds not true to me. Anyway, uh, actually, do you know what? I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. It's not going to be as big as men's rugby, but do you know what it might do? It might make more money than the men's game because all you need to do is make, I don't know, how much? £3.50? <laughs> well, I, I did, when I read that, I thought, maybe she's been listening to you, JB, because if the men's game is worth nothing, <laughs> and the women's game just, they only have to be worth a few pounds. Yeah, I mean, they would have, I mean, it's sort of damning with faint, with faint praise, really, isn't it? We will make more than the men. Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, well done. So, I mean, some of the other podcasts, the podcasts which serve an audience which I'm not even sure exist, um, came up with some nonsense like that the women are worth more and yet they are paid less. And do you know what I say to that? Let's pay them all the same. I, I, this is the, a golden opportunity to do what I've always wanted to do, which is burn the whole thing down. So the first <laughs> thing we should do is we should pay the women exactly the same as the men. We should give them access to the same stadiums. We should pay the same amount for... for the television production. We should charge the same for the tickets. We should charge the same for the tickets. This is this is the route to my panacea. <laughs> so I'm I'm fully behind all of these guys, which is like, yeah, we need to pay them the same. It, it, do you know what? It's only right. And then out of the ashes, we can build uh, build up the sport again 
properly. And the women and the men can have their own union, which is great because we can run ours at a loss and do all the silly things that we did previously. And they can have... I mean, think about how angry you would be if the greatest investable opportunity that you had ever was taken up by the men, appropriated by the men. You'd be more, you'd be more angry than the Palestinians are with the Israelis. Like, because we've taken all of your profits to fund our game. So uh, it is purely my position now that we should give the women all of their game back because why don't they deserve to profit from all of this money? Well, one of the best answers on, on this, not on this specific question, but on a related question was, uh, it was, was it Rafael Nadal was asked in a press conference once? And he said, "I don't want to talk about. I, I don't want to talk about this because I, I, my words get taken out of context." Uh, but basically, he he said, uh, "Why don't you ask?" Someone asked him why why male tennis players are paid more, and he said, um, "Why are women model models paid more? Are you, does that upset you?" And he just said that and said, "I don't want to say anymore because I get in trouble." But anyway. Yeah, I, I love it. If you, tr- you want to try and engineer some panacea, go for it. I, I'm so into this. Yeah, we should definitely. Exa- everything's exactly the same. Now, uh, one of the sad things is, did I mention it last week? But Worcester Warriors women have gone, gone under, leaving the prem, the premier competition for the ladies with um, nine teams. only nine teams, and that is a genuine disaster. You can't run a nine-team league. Well, they'll give it a go. Why they haven't brought forward? Some of the two hundred twenty million to actually make up for this, I, I do not know, but maybe it's, it's, over, it's over ten years. It's over ten years, isn't it? So there we go. That's uh, internet nonsense done for one week. <laughs> now the Premiership. Why is the Premiership important at the moment? The Premiership is important at the moment because we picked up three games in. Now three games shouldn't really matter, but actually that's nearly a quarter of a season. Yeah, uh, just on this. So I will. I love the Premiership. I worked on the Premiership for eight years, but even before that, I was. I, I was properly into the premiership even without having a team that i actually support agreed i haven't seen a single second i haven't looked at a single team sheet i hardly know the results because i have been completely all consumed by a world cup partly because i was out in france where that story mm-hmm. is happening so which which does beg the question bearing in mind i'm living kind of the life of a more of a casual rugby fan the last six seven weeks where the big story is what i'm following why are they doing the World Cup? Why have they started very the Premiership? Good question, what, what are they doing? Because they, they don't really have a choice right. because of the windows. Because you've got to get the season finished for this next year's Summer International. You've got the Six Nations in there. Mm. You've got the Heineken Cup. They don't really have any choice. And it just would highlights it, the fixture Would it not have been a better choice to have said, right, we've got to make a compromise. The compromise is going to be we're going to have some midweek fixtures like we did in COVID and you're just going to have to play... Yeah, ride that wave of like the World teams. Cup. So someone might have watched... The but it, it might be that... Because the... Uh, obviously, the TV money's big, but it matters to clubs getting people through the doors. And it yeah. might be that they... So, like, as an example, the Friday night... Okay. Gloucester versus yeah, Saracens. That, that makes sense. There was one of the games, it might have been this week or last week, which was like a 6pm Friday night kickoff, just to make sure you got people in who can yeah, then fair. watch yeah. that. So, just a lack of joined up thinking really I know the different competitions are owned by different parties and everyone's got different agendas in rugby and there is a huge turf war behind the scenes who owns the game is it the club owners in England or is it the RFU is it Six Nations or is it World Rugby everyone is at each other's throat to work out who actually owns this game but the lack of joined up thinking is amazing so you spent all this money on the World Cup you've got all these eyeballs I actually think it should be a condition that every broadcaster no matter who they are if they buy the rights to the World Cup, they should be saying, by the way, if you enjoy enjoyed this, here are the domestic leagues and this is when they start. Why would you not do that? But if you watch the World Cup, 
it seems to me that's the only only rugby in in the world. Now I understand there's political reasons you can't do this, but they should be doing it really. That would be like uh, it's like advertising the URC mm, in the Premiership, isn't it? In a way, it, it is. But it's also like actually, I, how how much county cricket would I watch if I was watching the Ashes Test match? Mm. Not everyone would, but somebody might. So, yeah, but I think it's kind of comparable. I yeah. don't think many. What's it depends. What, what's your objective? Are you trying to maximise the people that you know already are really engaged in the sport? Because I'm more of a casual cricket watcher, so I wouldn't be someone you could convert to an Ashes watcher. No, but I, I get full in on the Ashes Test match, but I wouldn't go and watch county cricket. But to this day, and I know I'm not the normal fan, but to this day I remember my first ever domestic game, watching my first ever domestic game, and it's straight after the England game, and it is the game where Paul Grayson got a record number of points. And I remember turning on TV and watching Northampton playing, bloody hell, that's Paul Grayson, and that's Ben Cohen, and Matt Dawson played, and all of a sudden I, knew, I already knew the, like, these players. But this is my point. So yeah. you, you were you were already like, and you no, I had never seen a single second of domestic rugby. No, no, no. But you are big into rugby. No, I wasn't really. Even, oh, okay. I was kind right. of playing. I, I was playing in school, but yeah. I watched the England game. Oh, fair enough. And I was like, oh, those guys play. I watch those guys every bloody week. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, all right. And I also think this year in the World Cup, maybe I'm wrong, and you wouldn't have got this sense of this either way, Tim, because you were there. Maybe Phil has. Previous World Cups, they do make a big deal of where the players play. I've not really heard much of like where they play, how their season's been going. There's not really much chat about that. It's just the World Cup in isolation. Mm. It has, from what I've seen, and I've watched um, almost every second of the World Cup, and I've watched a couple of games every weekend of the Premiership for the last. It's only three weekends, but yeah, they've not made. It's not been that big a deal. No. That side of things. Yeah, but you, you hear Thibaut Flamont played for Loughborough fifth fifth team at Fly Oh, yeah, 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 of course. And um, uh, I was going to say Dan McFarland. Theo McFarland uh, played for Samoa Basketball. That yeah. is absolutely true. Um, I heard something about someone's dad today, which I needed to remember. Damn it. Damn In it. the Newcastle-Northampton game. It might have been. Never mind. It'll come back to me. Uh, t- to be fair, I was just looking at the French top 14 league and I was in France and... I didn't even take any interest in the top 14 and yeah. I was there and might have been able to go to a game. <laughs> um, and they're four rounds in now. Yeah, so do you want me to give you a quick premiership roundup so you know where you're up to, Tim? Yeah, that's a great shout. So top of the table is currently Bath. Um, they have one, two, lost one, so there's no sure, undefeated... Sure, surely they're now called Finn Russell's Bath. Not yet. Finn, no, yeah. I'm not sure Finn Russell started yet. He, might have started he, he started this week. This he, weekend, but he came off the bench last weekend. And he, Yeah, did he come off the bench in the first game? Yeah, he had like two minutes oh, no. or something. No, because in one of the games... So in the first game, he came off the bench quite early because someone got injured. Uh, and then last week, he might have started last week or come off early. Last Yeah, last week he came up... He started because he got that outrageous offload. Um, uh, okay. After... That was not long into the game. That was 10, 15 minutes into the game last week. But so, yeah, not quite Finn Russell's bath yet. Yet. Uh, so there were no undefeated teams left. There's only one... Fully defeated team. And that would be Newcastle, Newcastle Falcons. Falcons. Uh, the team which has really flown up the traps in terms of their scores is Exeter Chiefs. They mm. look like they might be back big time. Wow. They annihilated Saracens. They just beat in, the them. First, in the first game. They annihilated them. Right? I, I watched that and they it really was. It was first half. They, they scored 43 points in the first half. It was just one-way traffic. 
And looking at the result this weekend, they annihilated Sale. Yes, they yes. did. With the... I was looking at their looking at their now, team. It's like my goodness, that team did that to sale. Yeah, yeah. That was weirdly, wow. This this all amazes you, and I'm not sure how legal this is. In fact, I think it's very illegal. But according to Ultimate Rugby, which we all know is the panacea <laughs> of all rugby knowledge, Curtis Langdon was on the um, the receiving end of a massive hiding playing hooker for sale. He then went to, to Newcastle. And played for Northampton he this did. afternoon. It's his brother playing for sale, isn't it? N Langdon. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. Is it, it, it's down as Curtis on Ultimate Rugby. <laughs> oh, so is there two Langdons? There must be. Yes. Well, well, well. See, I, I'm just looking at the names. So there's a, there's a fair bit of... This is a good pe- sale team. There's a fair bit of pedigree in that sale team. The Exeter team, wow, Rob Baxter, has he done it again? Yeah, so there's a lot of chat about the new Exeter scrum coach. He's telling them to push harder, and they're listening. And it <laughs> seems to be making all the, all the difference. But other than that, they look like a cohesive unit. They look a lot, um, I want to say a lot like Exeter teams of old, because they're not, they seem to play a bit more. Uh, they had a really good game against Harlequins last week where they lost. But these two wins I've got against Sale and... Saracens are huge. 43-0. Nil. Nil. Yeah, and the, the Saracens game two weeks ago. Now, it, it's not a normal Saracens team. They're, they're losing probably 10-plus players from the game three weeks ago, certainly. Uh, but it was still a hell of a point. It just took them apart. Yeah. So Sale currently sit fifth in the table, sixth in the table, but they've also got two wins and one loss. Mm-hmm. And then the, the remaining teams on one win and two losses are Saracens, Northampton, and Tigers. Tigers beat Bath, so it does look like this could be an absolute washing machine of of, um, of a league. Yeah, yes. and I'm just I just do you know what this? Uh, looking at the Bristol Harlequins result from the weekend, Bristol twenty one, Harlequins twenty three. I would not have backed. I, I would have backed the team with a centre partnership of Ben Hart, Yanzi Van Rensburg, and Virumi Vakatawa. To, to beat the centre partnership of Lennox and Yanwu and Oscar Beard. Yeah, yes. Oscar Beard's class. Oh, no, they, Watch they're out good, for Beard. good young players, but it's just, just when you, when yeah. you look at the, the, the experience. Well, Vakatawa scored this week as well, didn't he? I've yeah. not seen the try yet. Christ, that's, yeah, that's a, <laughs> I do like Harlequin's back three, even oh, without Marchant and now, and, uh, and in, even no Murley, they're back. Liner, Green, David. They are good So this is my I think the Premiership is going to have a bit of a short term Blip of quality as it stands They are flooded with these And we were talking about this in in, our, in my kitchen Tim Like they are flooded With these like middle rate high quality Premiership players because of the Collapse of three Premiership clubs Yeah, And so you get these teams Like Leicester this week who are just Littered with Premiership players from other sides so, so this this is something when I've seen the Leicester team sheets and like the Leicester team sheet this week the back three Ollie Hassel Collins Josh Bassett Mike Brown with then Tom Whiteley and Jamie Shilcock yeah as you heard nines and ten and Matt Rogerson playing at eight you know, these guys have just been brought in from Everywhere. all round the league it's like it's like you've um honestly looking at the Leicester team now as I am it's like the particularly the back line as you mentioned it's like someone just had a tombola yeah, and, yeah. And pulled out names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Randomly. These are like, uh, right, it's going to be sixth or seventh round pick from Fantasy Rugby Draft uh, 2020. <laughs> yeah. They're all going to be starting for Leicester Tigers in the back line. Wow. 
One from Saracens, one from Quinns, one from Worcester, one from London Irish, one from another from Quinns. Wow. So they, these guys must... I mean, Bassett was signed prior to anything happening. Um, oh, yeah, he, yeah, he went to Quinns short-term after Wasps. Yeah, but the, yeah. so uh, Bassett and Hassel Collins presumably on real or on real deals. Um, I think Shilcock might have been signed, actually, as part of a plan. Matt Rogerson obviously wasn't. Matt Rogerson was London Irish captain. Well, at one point, Shilcock went from Worcester to Bath, then Bath to Japan, and then Japan yes, to Leicester. And then they signed him. Yeah, so so he's not quite the normal. It's not well, the normal route. Normal, but I just think that these Premiership teams in the next couple of years are going to look like the NFL, which is you get these journeyman players who are really good starters, really cheap, really cheap, yeah, really cheap, and if I was one of these players now, I would take the injury risk. I'd send. I'd take a one-year contract. Not a two, definitely not a two, certainly not a three. If I'm on, I, this is a complete guess. Matt Rogerson might be paid very well. I don't think he is because of the position he plays and the length of time he had to fit into a squad. And, and yeah, like yeah. He wants to be taking one-year deals and he needs to find a, a place that suits him next year or the year after for probably double what he's on now. Now that, that, that defeat for Bath, look at, look at their team and it's like it could have been the team from last year with the exception of Finn Russell, which you would think would only improve their side yeah yeah, they're, they're quite and they went, stable and, and they went down at home to Leicester with uh, Barbary good to see Barbary he didn't, he didn't do much in this game I mean it was it was horrendous conditions this game get Barbary into England pick him get him in we're going to have that start again now he's played a couple of games come on I really want him to stay fit this time I think he could Same. be well if he plays well yeah so, yeah, but that's the point other in- English um, players of note uh, in Harlequins in particular uh, Joe Launchbury is, has played two or three games consecutively now. Mm. So that's decency. I love Jack Kenningham. I think Jack Kenningham is England quality. Whether he'll get a shout or not, I don't know, but I think he, think think he's good. I think Harlequins in general will be good with this year. Tom Willis at Saracens is one I'm interested to know how he's getting on. Uh, I'm not sure he scored two tries this week. There we oh, go. He has, he has scored. Because Saracens were, uh, they were w- without a win and went to Gloucester on Friday night uh, who had not lost and... Uh, if you've seen the Theo, Dan, Jamie, George interaction after the final whistle of the um, third place playoff, there's a l- very short clip of uh, Jamie George mouth- mouthing 24-3, which was the scoreline, and Theo, <laughs> Dan going, no way, and Jamie George going, yes, 24-3. <laughs> At amazing. what point in the game? Or it, after the final whistle. Oh, of, right, as of soon the, as the final whistle. Yeah, yeah, it. it's an amazing, you, you'll find it on Twitter or oh, fantastic. elsewhere. It is superb. That's class. <laughs> so, do you know, according to Ultimate Rugby, this is a great game, we played 15 for Harlequins. Uh, uh, Alex Brown, the second row. Oh, good. Uh, I'll go for. Um, I think uh, it'd be their reserve hooker. No, Nick Evans played fifteen. Nick, Nick Evans. Evans. What oh. the worst shout? I guess not. You can, you not can, Nick David. Uh, I'm sure it was Nick David, but it was Nick Evans. Love it. Does Brian O'Driscoll still have anything to do with Ultimate Rugby? I he think better, he, he, better I think he, might have. Have, he better not have. <laughs> do you just keep Ultimate Rugby for the for the entertainment now? Because <laughs> well, I, like, I have recommended Tribe many times, which yeah. is. Which I mean, good. L- like myself, right. it is 90% correct with some outrageous claims. <laughs> <laughs> so I quite like it. Now, just, just going back to the... Um, we've got this oversupply of talented players in yeah. the Premier League. Uh, Premier Premiership. Premiership. Um, 
there is, there is an, uh, an undersplay of talented players in the Premier League, um, particularly at Manchester United at the moment. Anyway, right, Premier League, Premiership, mm-hmm. I'll try and get my head straight. Premiership, too many talented players and low salary cap at the moment. Yeah. The salary cap goes back up. It, it increases by 1.4 million next season, uh, 24-25, which is just going to end up, it's going to be the same players. So that that should really be, like, keep the most important guys and uh, bring some new talent into the league where where you've got weak, so, specific weaknesses, bring in some Kiwis, some Aussies, some Saffers, but targeted. You're going to end up having these weird negotiations where a guy you just mentioned, Matt Rogerson, Let's say he's on 100k at the moment. Might be too high, might be too low. But if his deal is up in 12 months' time, he's going to say, well, the league has gone up 25%, therefore I'm I'm automatically worth an extra 25%, and I'm playing out of my skin, therefore I'm worth... So you're going to have these weird renegotiations. Well, so... Still, still a buyer's market, though, isn't there? Because there's only so many spots. Well, so five premiership teams want the salary cups to be drastically increased because they're worried about Europe. Mm-hmm. Which is amazing, actually, that these people still exist. They want to spend their money, but they do. They do. So five five teams want to spend a lot more money. Well, we Leicester, know who two of them are, Bruce Bristol. Craig and Steve Lansdowne. We know those two. Yeah. Now, the other owners are not overly keen with this, for whatever. And a, a and one of the owners, another one of the owners, has come up with a plan, right, to enable teams to compete in Europe... Not affect the salary cap, but increase the playing talent. Would you like to hear it? Is it something that um, is it, you have is proposed it before? You've proposed before. I've not. This is not my idea. But it, this is a completely novel idea. I've I've not heard of this, but okay. it was pitched to me by someone in that position. Okay, so one of the things that we have discussed is, and I don't think it'll be this, but was to to group the. Um, Competition, so you'd have all Premiership, then all Heineken Cup. So Heineken Cup could be like IPL, then, basically. Yeah, then yeah. Six Nations, so then um, International Window, because you could then have separate deals. But I'm guessing it's not that. It is not that, no. no uh, that, that is probably one of the better ideas. It's also not an increase in the salary cap, because that would be messy, but it is yeah. cap-related. Is it treat cap differently for Heineken Cup? and So you treat... Uh, so you give different uh, here, right here we go you give players um, game specific um, payments where payments specific to Heineken Cup can be discounted from the premiership this salary an, cap yeah, this is another so we spoke about that for Saracens didn't we mm. so we said like could Saracens get around the salary cap by saying um, we only pay these guys for yeah. Europe, or we, like, or we treating, only treating the England players like Leinster treated Johnny Sexton. Yeah, exactly. Or you only sign. Or sorry, best way to put it is you only sign players for the Heineken Cup, so you, they never see the Premiership field. Yeah, you might if they never play in the Premiership, you might be able to get yeah. around it. And that's not that's pretty close to the proposal made. So the proposal would be to increase the marquee players from one to five. But only two of them at any one time could play in the Premiership. Okay, yeah, which is a lot of many. That's a to win lot. Europe, isn't it? So do you know? So just on that, the excluded players or marquee players. Did you read the Premiership salary cap report that came out about two or three weeks ago? Now, no, no. So 
It's I, worth I was having pasties in Marseille. Yeah, you were doing much more fun things, but I was um, not doing as, anything near as fun. So I flicked through it. Um, there's stuff you could go into, which we won't do now, but the marquee players, or the excluded players, is interesting. So during this season, uh, which was season ending 22, so it was still a 13-team league, there were 25 marquee players, so not all the clubs nominated two as there could have been at that time. Most did, but not all. The average marquee player or excluded player salary was £450,000. That's exactly what I'd guess. The top income from the top 25 players in the league, top 25 Is this combined or the player? No, the average for the top 25 earners in the league. Uh, 300. Yeah, I'd say that. Uh, 540. What? So there were... Very well played, paid players enough to distort the average by Faz by Maro. nearly a hundred k, who were not Sir Charles, who were not Faz excluded Maro players. Was, was, this is retrospective. This is twenty twenty two season. Yeah. 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 So I mean, Faz Maro Sir Charles Sir Charles. Although he would have been marketed. It's, 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 it, but it's either market, in market. Bristol. It would either be Luatua, Luatua, Semi, or Sir Charles, who had yeah. have to be excluded. Maybe Nathan Hughes at one point. Possibly. Yeah. Oh, Carl Sinclair's on a handy. So he, and he can't be excluded. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, sorry, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he can't be excluded, but he could be in George he Ford. would be in the oh, top. But he'd be marquee. He no, would, he can't be marquee. George, George Ford can't. So George Ford would be one. George Ford could have been in this year because he was Leicester, yeah. but he can't be now. Is that right? Yeah, you can't move from premiership club to premiership club. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I'm just thinking of the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hog. Definitely Hogg. Oh, he would be Marquee. Yeah, he definitely would have been Marquee. But no, I just I found that... Yeah. The, I'm amazed that the needle's been moved by that much. But what what it probably tells me is that there are, were there were certain clubs who perhaps don't exist anymore um, who whose Marquee players must have been significantly under the over. average of, of it. Yeah, or Rory Sutherland or... Wow. Whoever was a wow, wow, wow. Worcester, yeah, interesting. For example, so yeah, th- there is much more to it as well. Mm. Um, what it doesn't, it breaks down the average salaries in loads of different ways. Uh, so you can see by international experience, by Premiership experience, by position, by age, all of those things, and they're, they're quite interesting. Um, it doesn't do anything to say which clubs spent what. Which is something that I would have yeah. would have liked to you can see. Yes, yeah, but because that's been the problem in the like the problem in the past hasn't been that scrum halves are the second worst paid on average. That's that's it. That's data you can get from this, but that's irrelevant to past transgressions. Past transgressions are all around mm-hmm. where teams spend you know, more. So I would be more interested to uh, to see that kind of data. Ruby just shoots itself in the foot. Because just tell us the information. It's not... It's a sport. Nobody cares that much. Yeah. It's a sport. And the more information fans know, the more they can get into it. Yeah. It's just ridiculous, actually. I, I would I would be fully transparent, as in every deal is visible to everyone. Yeah. I can understand why players would not want their salaries known to everyone. Well, and yeah. why clubs would not want players' salaries known. Because like, if, if you've got, uh, well, say, you- a, a top international player who's, say, very young, maybe 20, 19, tied up for five years on very low wages, you don't really want that data getting out yeah, there. Yeah, not only that, like, the people that 
the owners of the clubs, I think, are smart for the most part. I mean, the CBC deals is a disaster, but okay, for the most part, they're smart men who've got in a position to be where they are through smart business business acumen. And then you compare that to how the RFU is run by apparatchiks and bureaucrats, and you can see why the Premiership owners want to maintain control over it. Because every time you put one of these managerial types in charge, they just do a terrible job. Mm. And I don't know how you get around this, because rugby is run by a class of sports administrator who is in it for themselves. And I don't mean that in, like... I don't mean they're corrupt. I don't mean anything like that. But they sort of... Just look at how COVID was handled. If that was your business, if rugby was your personal business, you would not be phoning the Department of Sport, whatever they're called, every week and... You know, saying, oh, well, we, we phone them every week to see what we could do. You'd be doing it and then telling them retrospectively. Mm. You know, you'd be doing everything in your power to get rugby up and running. But the, it's like a compliance mindset. So the owners aren't very keen on handing over power. They don't hand over power. What you've got is these little fiefdoms who are all arguing with each other. And then they are also in competition with the RFU, who they do not trust. And they don't trust them because, well, they're idiots. Uh, there's no other word for it. They're idiots that don't understand the game. And... Not only do they not understand the game, in some cases, it would seem they are actively hostile towards it and what it stands for. Yeah, and Bill Sweeney's no f- uh, fan of rugby. There's no choice about it. You know, you look at the marketing departments and everything else in the RFU, they're not a fan of rugby. Do you know what the single biggest funded grassroots programme is in England at the moment? Is No. I'm, I guess it's something to do with the head contact awareness. Nope. Or the women's game. Nope. The single biggest funded grassroots project. Uh, I don't know. Go on. Do you guys guess, Tim? Is it this new touch game? That Correct. They've tried to- oh. T1. T1. Do you know why they've introduced T1? Because they want to turn your rugby club into a community centre and just have as many people yeah, as possible. If, if you're not sure on what we're referring to, uh, I mean... I apologise in advance for you searching for it. It's quite a cringeworthy <laughs> video. But no, it's because... And this this is just like a microcosm of how rugby is generally. The RFU don't own touch rugby. Yes, yes, they don't. So they so they want to create something completely brand new that is basically touch, touch rugby. Uh, d- uh, That's what's what? going on here. Yeah. So they've <laughs> wow. got this woman who goes around talking about touch rugby to clubs trying to sell it. And the, the message that she's saying, uh, she was telling the clubs about two years ago, she was hanging out with Steve Granger, who is the head of whatever he is, um, He's in charge of the community game, right? And the message was like, yeah, we're going to create this touch game and we're going to try and attract players in, but we need safeguarding to make sure that the contact version of the game does not start approaching these players and intimidating them to play real rugby. I'm like, get lost. Just go well, away. Well, just one, we don't need you. One little thing. I mean, there's lots I don't like about the video. Um, well, mixed, mixed, mixed sport would be one. Yeah, well, well there's, there's lots I don't like about the video, but one, one ridiculous thing, uh, they've... There's a bit in the video where someone goes up and touches someone uh, on the shoulder and the referee says, hey, hey, calm it down. <laughs> but the one thing, so they've got this new touch game for the community hey, hey. game and they haven't done the touch sternum and below. So you in, in this new touch game, you can touch neck high. Hey, hey, it's fine. hey, but, hey, calm down. No, I'm playing sport. No. Yeah. So interestingly, so the, the idea is we, we make a game so everyone plays it. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this. I, I do CrossFit. Do, do you wear that? You, yeah, you, you haven't mentioned, mentioned it more. Yeah, yeah, I, I do do CrossFit. And today after CrossFit, we did the CrossFit thing of going for CrossFit coffee straight after. 
So I'm there with a guy who used to work in rugby league, who knows rugby league inside out. I was there with two girls who do not know rugby, to put it mildly. Right? They just don't. And we were talking about rugby and you know why the game is such a mess. And one of them, who does not watch rugby, says, do you know what? I like it when they fight. <laughs> I was like, so do I. So do I. Right? I'm like, yes. Yeah. The female fan that watches rugby, believe you me, they're not watching it because they like beta males running around. They, you know, that isn't the attraction to them. They're not watching it because they really like men who don't enjoy contact. Well, this isn't, this isn't, Cowardly uh, men. This fairness, is what they want. This isn't a spectator sport anyone's talking about, is it? This is a participation sport. Who wants to play it? Do you want to hang out with weak men? Oh, okay. Let's let's go down the rugby club. Well, but the, the point, I guess, the point is, it's like for, for anyone that I, I quite like. The, if I have a bit more time, I quite like the idea of maybe a bit of touch rugby in the. Play summers. netball. Netball is so much better, better, better yeah, than touch rugby. But my point, my point is that touch rugby exists, and the only reason this new game has been introduced is because. Yeah, because the they want to the size the pie. Don't own it. It's like it's like yeah. world rugby want to have this world league, which again we'll have to talk about at some point. Not not today, but we'll talk about at some point. And right or wrong, the reason they want to bring it in is because they don't know the Six Nations. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Tim. So the next question is, how much of our scarce resource are they going to put into capturing someone else's sport? Maybe they should just concentrate on building up the sport which they're in charge of. So it's contact rugby. You go around and you talk to everyone. I mean, you, you know they hate the game. And you know that they're basically apparatchiks because... You know, look how they treat the safe, oh, safety first and foremost. No, game first and foremost. And we need more players playing. No, no, you need to promote your existing game. You don't change a game for more people. They've got everything back, back to front. T1 is the embodiment of everything which is wrong with this administration. Um, they they T1, don't like... T1's a rubbish name. Of course it's a rubbish name. They're rubbish, they're what, what was the other one? Wasn't there uh, Rugby X as well was one? Well, Rugby X was a private venture in fairness. Yeah, that yeah. was... So they can, they can waste as much money as they want. I mean, that's just... I mean, they tried. Was that was that going to be like uh, a sevens world league? They were talking about having teams, and wasn't there lo- loads of cash being splashed at one well, point, or threatened say, to be splashed? It's one of those things where they do a study and they say the potential market for this is X. You know, so it's like, and they say, you know, do, do you know what we said before, the women's game is the biggest investable opportunity the world has ever seen in in uh, in rugby, nay, sport in general. Just because a market exists doesn't mean they, they want your product. So they do a basic calculation, like there are X amount of women in the world and they definitely all want to play and watch rugby, which is not true. Because if you do that calculation for, say, cosmetics, it doesn't stand up that we're going to all of a sudden... I mean, men's cosmetics might be the biggest growth market, but grow, growing from what number? And just because we exist, it doesn't mean we're going to buy, go into yeah, buy makeup. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's, it, it's false. I think Rugby X has done on that thing, like, there is... X amount of potential fans, if you reach every one of them, will be massive. You're not going to do it. Yeah. You're not going to do it. So just, again, sort of broadening this out a little bit and just talking about domestic rugby, which we're all really passionate about. And we've, this podcast is the, the, the bedrock of it over the years. And, you know, every week, 52 weeks of the year for into our 11th season now has been the premiership. The, the, the drop in quality that you've already identified that is the case with the premiership the lack of the, the inability of the teams we anticipate to be able to compete on the top table in the European Champions Cup this year yeah means that i'm still invested and i'm interested and i will be passionate about the premiership but it does mean i'm looking at urc and i'm looking at top 14 and i'm much more interested in them this season than i ever have been yeah well urc is a different beast isn't it because the top teams in the urc are class 
Yeah. The South African teams are brilliant. Yeah. The, well, you can't so, argue with Lancaster. So, so to the point, that again, again we, and I'll, I'll do this in, in this but the Welsh we, We'll have a chat. There, yeah. there's, there's one point where I'm, I'm going to talk to you guys about, because like, I'm sort of thinking, well, I'm, I might actually like to do a, a, a URC slash top 14 kind of episode well, in the way we do Premiership. I'm not saying we have to do it. It could be something we, we add. I'm, not, I'm just, I'm, all I'm saying is I'm, I'm open to the idea because I am seeing the landscape and it's like, well... the Top 14 is 100% on the table. Yeah, because the the because the the money directly equates to the quality, which directly relates to the interest. And it's not that I'm less interested in the Premiership; it's that I'm more interested in the top fourteen. Top fourteen well, is than what? I was not more interested than the Premiership. Yeah, top fourteen is going to turn into the Premier League, I think, of yeah. rugby, if not the NFL of rugby, where there's one league that absolutely dominates the sport. Mm. And you can see it now. Yes, there's loads of mid-range quality players flooding Premiership teams, but the absolute top end talent goes to one place. There's no two ways about it. With the exception of Andre Pollard, who has been the best, uh, you know, standout, world-class signing that the Premiership teams have made last few years. Yeah, it'd be interesting Non-English. to see how, how Finn Russell does as well. Yeah, because that, is, be that is a that, good that signing. Is one, that is definitely one. And Duan. Yeah, but he's gone again. He's gone again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, So I, I've picked a top 14 team as well. For now? Bay, Bay, Bay no, no, I've, I've picked Bayon. Yeah, but who says they're going to be in top fourteen for much longer? I don't care. I'll, I'll follow them through thick and thin. So I, I've picked Bayon because they're um, they're my team. It's like it's like Phil with Ulster. Ulster, he, he picked, great win. Beat I, the Bulls I, today. Yeah, but at least he picked the team with like reasonable transport links. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a fair point. I, I picked Bayon um, because I love that song. That is the Bayon Rugby Club anthem. Good, good. And you then, like rowing? Uh, and then to back up, they're called Laviron. Bayon, which is like that they're called the rowing club yeah is what they're known as so mm. it's it all, it all meant to be and they've got beautiful sky blue and white hoops it is a lovely kit actually it's a lovely kit and, and, and they've they got beat, a great they, derby and they beat Stade Francais got a great derby nice area of the world and I'm going to watch them in two weekends time against La Rochelle and they've got Camille Lopez and they've got one of your previous uh, crushes JB Arta Iteria oh wow he's a really good player Mm. He's a really good player. What's it? So the French league is kind of a bit like the Premier and Maxime Machinot, which is um, all these guys just end up all over the place. Yeah, all over the place. You, like if in the NFL, you turn on the TV, you've missed it for a year, and the whole you know, everyone's playing for a different club. Yeah, do they have a wealthy owner? I want to try and tap. Yes, him up. Try and tap <laughs> him up. come on. We've got an opportunity here. Anyway. Yeah, I'm going to give my top 14 team a little bit more thought. Yeah, I should have. I, I'm not going to. I'm going to just dive in. I, I I respect that you have Tim. I I have always been a huge Billy Searle fan, so I am I'm going to go say Toulouse. <sighs> Toulouse is too easy. You, isn't you it? need to look at where I, I think JB right on a practical level. Look at where the direct flights yeah. to Manchester uh, from Manchester. Well, Toulouse are. is very easy to get. Toulouse to. is easy to get to. Toulouse is easy. yeah, like um, Bayon Bayon not so much. Although it is not far from San Sebastian and Barcelona. Which is a big deal breaker. <laughs> anything, anything clo- Mind you, you, say not close on the map. It doesn't. It's, it's not like eight yeah, hours. Pro- yeah, yeah, maybe four exactly. hours. Um, I'll have to think about it. I mean, Toulouse I, would be my my first choice. Toulouse. What about Stad? You've got loads of Stad Francais kits already. Uh, do you know, actually, I was buying Stad Francais kits before. Yeah. Before it was there's cool. one right behind you. The, yeah, the, the, the like, original the, one. The, yeah, that's yeah. my original the, one. The, the, pink, the pink Thunderbolt shirt. That's the first ever pink one. Do you know how hard that was to get? Really, I waited eight weeks for that. Eight weeks. That was the first, when they first came out with that. Um, I got that one, and then week the year after they released the one uh, with the flowers, which I had as well. And the year after that, it was the one with denim. So I, I, I bought all the stuff. Maybe stuff Francais. But I, I hate Paris. 
<laughs> it's, it's just not right. a good city. Can I, there is no team in Marseille, but can I just say what, what just while I mentioned while we mentioned French cities, I, I'm, a, I'm a total Marseille convert. It is brilliant. It's mm. great. In the, I, in the summer, I have no doubt. Actually, it, it was awesome. I loved it. Anyway, uh, Leon, yeah, they got a good win against Claremont, uh, and Leon's nice place, and you, we've got yeah. connection there. You, you know, you could yeah. probably get uh, a, shirt a few from... a few um, a few British players there. Yeah, uh, Toulouse are losing to Bordeaux currently. Mm. Um, Bordeaux are a handy side. Um, Bordeaux, not a Bordeaux's team. not a bad place to get Bordeaux's to. Bordeaux's not a bad place. Yeah, maybe you need West to think Coast. like where where could you go to good some, red wine vi- hey, vineyards when if you're there's any French there. people listening who support any of these teams or any English people that support these teams send us a pitch yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm open to a pitch contact edchasers at gmail.com Bayon have already got my my love and my support uh, the mighty Bayon um, and yeah Phil and, Phil and JB are open they, mm. they can be tempted Surely but, the Thunderdome, Rashi 92, that seems like your kind of place as well, JB. And the kit is gorgeous. and then, you know, every, Again, it's the Paris thing I'm not keen on. And you you love Stuart Lancaster? That's it. I'm all about values. Yeah, maybe... Uh, Tou- want, Toulon's pretty cool. Toulon is pretty cool. And they're crazy as well. Like, there's nothing normal about t- t- Toulon. Everything yeah. about that club is absolutely off the La- wall. La Rochelle, Cognac region. La Rochelle, I love La Rochelle. Toulon. Oh, on the coast, you're a, you're a, you're a big sea like boats. man. You like yeah. boats? I like boats. Some good World War II history there. Toulon in line to sign an England prop, if the rugby paper is to, believed, an to be England believed. prop? Yeah. Which one would that be, I wonder? England, the, uh, current or? Current. Okay. Played in this World Cup. So, current England prop. Stewart. Will Stewart. Nope. Kyle Sinclair. Yes. That according to, to replace according Kieran to the, Brooks. According perhaps. to the rugby paper. Oh, interesting. I can see that happening. A lot of uh, money off the cap, he's not doing so well. And Tim, you're in luck. Uh, Lovell Rugby, there are only two shirts available, two top 14 shirts currently available. Um, or oh, sorry, two club shirts. One of them is Claremont, the other is Bayon. And you can get their home and away shirt discounted. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. 20% off. You need, you, you need to buy I think, I think you need to... I think you need to buy well, both home and away. I don't. I'm, right, so I, I don't buy kits. I'll, I'll get in touch with. <laughs> no, no. So first things first. I, I need to be somewhere nice. Right? I need to be somewhere that I want to go. I don't want to go to Paris. I love Claremont. Do I want to go to Claremont? Nope, not really. Um, probably in the L- south. Le- Leon, mate. Leon sounds Leon's Leon's cool. Good. Like that, by the river, great restaurants, good bars. It's yeah. bad. it's a bouncing city. That yeah, I got feel contact- like I missed my Leon window. You got some contacts. Yeah, Leon Bord- Bordeaux to lose. Of I don't know anything about Perpignan or Montpellier. Per- don't know isn't much Perpignan closest to Barcelona? Yes, it's, on, it it's, on yeah. the, it's on that coast, isn't the, the, it? Yeah, because uh, it's got the Basque colours, doesn't it? The, yeah. the blue, yeah, red, yeah, yeah. and yellow. But they are constantly Dan Carter play for Perpignan up and down the leagues. Yeah, Paddy Jackson. Paddy Jackson plays for Perpignan. <laughs> Heaven knows he needs some support. <laughs> If they sign Israel Falau, I'm in. <laughs> well, he was in that <laughs> neck of the woods, wasn't he? Catalan Dragons. Yeah, he was. Uh, well, well, there you go. It's open. Contact Chases at gmail.com if, you've got a, if you can put together a picture why Phil or JB should select a particular team. Phil has already kind of hinted that Toulouse would, would, would be something <laughs> I, you'd be tempted by. Yeah, I was kind of joking about Billy, so just because they're such a, a big beast historically. Yeah, I know. It's like you picked Ulster and it's been nothing but mis- misery since, like near misses. Oh, what could you, have been? You, you'd love to go uh, follow a team where there was a chance of silverware. 
a big chance. Anyway, that, that, that's top 14. But back, there are, there back, are teams that have got fined and like relegated or been involved in massive scandals. I, I could get in. <laughs> well, who's top of Pro D2 currently? Let me have a look. Uh, oh, Van Provence. No, there's not really any big team. Where are Biarritz? A 10th. Oh, God. Do you know, they did do one very cool thing during the Rugby World Cup. They had all the Pro D2 matches on Wednesday and Thursday nights, or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday nights. Joined up thinking, It was great. It? There just was none near where I was to be able to go and watch. But I was quite keen. Um, yeah. So, if we're getting close to wrapping it up... Let's do next week's so fixtures. Before we do next week's fixture, I just wanted to touch on three other little things from the salary really? cap. But oh, they'll, they'll be oh, yeah, yeah, of course. From the salary cap report. So one of these, I wasn't aware of it, um, and friend of the pod, Ollie Poole, pointed out when he was doing his reading of the salary cap. Um, did you know that the champions get extra scrutiny? Yes. So there's an extended audit. And I know why this happens. Uh, in uh, Well, maybe the Saracens thing contributes to it slightly, but they get an extended audit by the Premiership Rugby salary cap team plus their special investigators at PwC. Yep including providing, I think it's 50% of their senior player squad need to provide two years' worth of bank accounts and tax returns, Yeah, including the um, image rights companies. So the original plan was you were gonna, they were going to scrutinise um, a random club every year and they'd have this, uh, this process going on. But the thought behind it was, well, if you're a random club and you're cheating the salary cap, who cares because you're doing it badly? Yeah. If you're yeah. cheating salary cap and you're winning... That's a problem. We've got a problem. And that's why they do the winning club. I yep. suppose if you if you don't have the resources to look under every stone, that's not a bad way to go. Yeah, I yeah. think it's actually a really good idea. It's quite yeah, pragmatic. They definitely don't have the resources to do everything. Right. Um, so that's one thing. The second thing, uh, only one position does not have a single pl- pay- player paid more than 350k number six uh so it's back row would be the so it doesn't okay. go that specific okay back row I'd only guess. one position so i'm thinking uh, my thinking here would be where is there a large number where is there a lot of talent in a particular position so there's a like uh, there's a lot of um supply has to be back row and if it's not back row i'd say center not be, uh, and the fact that we've got no good centers probably Suggest that back row. I'm just thinking about who. England have got such good back row players. That's so. Sorry, say again. So it's so this is the whole of the Premiership. So there's only one position that doesn't have a single player in the league, either in 21, 22, or the previous year, um, that is paid more than 350k. So there's no one paid more. Well, we know Lua Tua has been paid more than that. Yeah, Lua Tua would rule out the back row. I'm thinking wing. Because there's a lot of them, and yeah. but but actually, and England have well English. I'm just thinking of the England team; they've got loads of wingers, but we don't have anyone. Anthony Watson would be the only one where I go. He's like talking el- a singer. He's, he's on a- elite. Yeah, talking a singer shouldn't be, but he's yeah. on a big deal. He's probably um, on a big deal. Wing might be the one you know. I'm trying to think of any highly paid wingers. Fullbacks. What? Ah, uh, hang on. Doing Van der Merwe might ruin that for you. It's, this is twenty one, twenty two. Oh right, okay, yeah. What about what about fullback then? Because I'm thinking like because Freddie Stewart's young at that point. He hasn't got a big senior deal by this point. No, Mike Brown, maybe. Mike, no, there's, I'm declining. Thinking, declining. I'm, Stuart Hogg. 
Hoggy uh, and Sir Charles. Yeah, of course. It's centre. It's definitely centre. Okay, yeah. So it is not centre. Um, scrum half? It's not scrum half. Give up then. So it surprised me because I think uh, one club in England has got um, one of the best hookers in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, well, it's hooker. It's hooker, wow. But yeah, cause I guess so. Marlott Hyphen Dickey's gone for cash. No, because he's in. Well, no, he's, he's gone in, for more he's cash. In there, but he's, he's in there. Cash, so he's gone for more cash. He obviously wasn't being paid more Greedy. than that. There, so, um, Montoya. Montoya. Yeah, wow, Montoya's a one. steal at less than three hundred fifty k. And Jamie George is also very good value at under three hundred fifty k. Hooker is also the lowest paid position on average, and we spoke about this. I think it was last year. So scrum half and hooker are the two lowest paid. And we... So yeah. last year we debated this, and I th- I think there are two things at play, both of which contribute to it. What, one of which will be they have they need extra players, so you get bin juice, which brings the average down. Yes. So num- point number one would be you have to have three or four... Hook- although if, if you take the Razzy Erasmus and Jack Nienaber approach, you don't, but... Um, by the way, Leicester, uh, the Leicester, I would not call Nick Dolly, Charlie Clare, Bin Juice. So. No, no, but they, but they ha- will you, drag you the average down. Yeah, you have yeah. to be deep. You have to have at least yeah. three, probably four hookers, of, w- of which one is always going to be on thirty or forty k. Yeah. So that brings the average it, down. Yeah. Well, I know you've made the point, but it's only one of them. So, like, you know, it's position with oversupply because you can't really yeah. play three. You know, you, well, you can't. Well, and the other side, so it's scrum half and mm. hooker, and they are the two positions where you have to be least you have to have the least unusual or the, you don't need unusual physical gifts no. to be a scrum half or a hooker you and don't need unless, you're, unless you're South African yeah. Yeah. Hooker, you can have them you can have them but you don't need them so you don't need to be able to run a sub 11 seconds 100 so metres you don't need to be more than 110 the, kg they, you don't need to be more than 6 foot here's five. an argument are they two of England's weakest positions in the oh uh, yeah actually in this if we had um, Mullet hyphen Dicky, you'd say well stocked, and then Theo Danner's third choice is fine. The fact that neither Theo Dan nor Jack Walker were trusted, really. I know Theo Dan started the third place playoff, but they were, neither of them were really trusted to get more than a couple of minutes across the whole tournament. Yeah, that suggests. So I think it is. I'd build my team around expensive hookers if I was in the Premiership. Mm. I'd look at buying the two best hookers in, in, in the Premiership. Because your set piece is essential. Yep. You know there's not much competition for them. You could essentially have Montoya and a another mm-hmm. for a little less, and then you know you're, you're set up for a pretty good season, I, I would guess. Mm. Well, Montoya. I mean, the winning team in this year had probably the best hooker in the league, and they played against the final with the team with the second best hooker in the can league. We, can we call this episode Expensive Hookers? <laughs> yes, That'll man. get people clicking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think we should review next week's games. Let's just finish on that. Well, yeah, let's not review because we don't actually know how it's going to go. We have no idea. So let's watch the games. Uh, yeah, I think this is it. Back. This is our week of reset. Yeah. We can we can ramp back up it, uh, through the gears. I think we're probably in the same place that a lot of people are, unless you're a season ticket holder at one of these clubs. But then you only know you know your club who's played one or two home games, yep. and you know one or two other clubs you've, that you've seen yeah. once. Yeah, I guess uh, I was being a bit harsh there. I guess I get why the uh, why the season has begun. Um, I'm just looking at when the Champions Cup 
is going to be back because that that will be when the season really kicks up a gear. They um, must be waiting for that a little longer. That is six weeks time. I was going to say it can't we can't be anytime soon. By the, but by then half the domestic season's over. Mm. And uh, Bath versus Ulster. So we've got games to build up to. Munster v Bayon. My boys are in the Champions Cup. Get in. Against the URC champions. Yeah. Snayman Sna- and uh, John Klein will have a few things to say about that. I'm genuinely, I'm looking at what Bayon at home to Glasgow. I might have to go and do that game. I might have, uh, Bayon at home to Exeter. Ooh, everyone loves Exeter. Oh, see, if I can, see if I can get on. Uh, call up Rob Baxter. Can I get on your plane, lads? Um, right. Uh, yeah, let's, let's, call, let's call it there. Roger. Hit subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Contact at gmail.com and let the boys end. <laughs>